The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. The Radio Memories Network welcomes you to the earliest days of radio. All this is still ours today through the Radio Memories Network. Gang, welcome once again. This is Bob Camardella broadcasting from WPNM, Penn and Magnolia's official internet radio station, the heart of Germantown. You're listening to Shoutcast Radio. Well, gang, it's 12 noon, and once again on WPNM, it's time for Old Time Radio. Southerners best premiered in the autumn of 1949 over NBC. Its time slot was 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights. The show was sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee, and it continued for five years until it transferred to television. The brainchild of series star Robert Young, who played insurance salesman Jim Anderson, and producer Eugene B. Rodney, Father Knows Best first debuted as a radio sitcom on August 25th of 1949. The last broadcast was November 19th of 1953. The Partners Production Company, Rodney Young Enterprises, transplanted the series to television in 1954, and it ran until 63, appearing at various times on each of the three networks. Robert Young and Eugene Rodney, friends since 1935, based the series on experiences each had with wives and children. Thus, to them, the show represented reality. Indeed, careful viewing of each of the series' 203 episodes reveals that the title was actually more figurative than literal. Despite the series' title, Father didn't always know best. Jim Anderson could not only lose his temper, but occasionally he was wrong. Although wife Margaret Anderson, played by Jane Wyatt, was stuck in the drudgery of domestic servitude, she was nobody's fool often besting her husband and son, Bud, who was played by Billy Gray. Daughter Betty Anderson, Eleanor Donahue, known affectionately to her father as Princess, could also take the male Andersons to test. As for the precocious Kathy, played by Lauren Chaffin, the baby of the family. Like Leave it to Beaver creators Bob Mosier and Joe Connolly, Young and Rodney were candid about their attempts to provide moral lessons throughout the series. While none of the kids experienced the sort of social problems some of the real-life actors faced, Young was an alcoholic and the adult Chaffin became a heroin addict, this was more the fault of television's then myopic need for calm rather than Young and Rodney's desire to sidestep the truth. Indeed, while the series certainly avoided the existence of the, quote, other America, so too did most other American institutions. Young won two Emmy Awards for his role, and Wyatt won three. A well-known film actor before his radio and television days, Young went on to later success in the long-running series Marcus Welby, M.D., which may have been more appropriately called Doctor Knows Best. After Father Knows Best moved into primetime reruns in 1960, Gunnahoo played Sheriff Andy Taylor's love interest, Miss Ellie, on The Andy Griffith Show. In 1977, NBC brought the Andersons back in two reunion specials, The Father Knows Best Reunion in May of 1977 and Father Knows Best Home for the Holidays 
December of 1977. The cast was Robert Young, who played Jim Anderson, Jane Wyatt as Margaret Anderson, Eleanor Donahue as Betty Princess Anderson, Billy Gray as James Bud Anderson Jr., and Lorraine Chapin as Kathy Kitten Anderson. Today, we're going to listen to two episodes from 1950. The first from the 11th of May, entitled The Golf Challenge, and the second from the 15th of June, entitled Father's Day Trip. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this truly old-time radio classic, Robert Young and Jane White in Father Knows Best. coffee in the world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. There was once an ancient Greek, a lad named Zenobius, who probably didn't know a putter from the front end of a buggy whip. Yet in the year 154 A.D., he wrote, contests allow no excuses. No more do friendship. And if that doesn't describe the average golf tournament, it comes mighty, mighty close. Today in Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, we find that things haven't changed a great deal in the last 18 centuries. Customs and costumes may have altered slightly, but people go on forever. Like this. But, Mother, the whole play depends on it. I told them I'd buy a new dress. I'm sorry, Betty. You had no right to tell them anything like that. Mother, you don't understand. I'm the star. I'm Camille. And how can Camille die in an old dress? Just have to manage, dear. The greatest opportunity of my life. Everyone will be watching me, and I have to die in that old rag. I'll just die. I'm sure you will, dear. Mother, you're not even listening. Why can't I just ask him? Betty, I know it means a great deal to you, but try to think of the rest of us. Your father's having so much trouble with his car. Now, if you ask him for a new dress... <gasps> oh, dear, I told him to be careful. Bud, what are you doing out there? I wasn't doing anything, Mom. Oh, he was, too. Kathy, you and Bud come in here this very minute. Mother, couldn't we explain to him that it's really sort of an investment? Betty, please, not now. Bud, what was that noise? Noise? <laughs> you mean just now? Yes, just now. You mean the noise that sounded like a window breaking? Yes. A window broke. <laughs> Bud, which window and who broke it? It was the garage window. And a rock broke it. Mother, they've ruined everything. Now I'll never get the dress. What did we do? You broke a window, that's why. And Father will be all upset. I didn't break a window. Kathy broke it. I did not. You broke it just as much as I did. I didn't even touch the rock. Well, it was your golf club, and you told me what to do. I did not. You certainly did. I certainly didn't. Children, please. Will Father be home soon? He's home now. He is? Oh, dear. Kathy, don't you say anything to your father until I've had a chance to say... Yes, Jim? I'm home. Uh, we're in the kitchen, dear. <laughs> he would have let me have the dress. I know he would. Now he never will, and it's all your fault. Mine? Yes, yours. You and that, that junior grade Frankenstein. <laughs> Mother! Betty, please, I will not have you... Well. Oh, hello, dear. What's going on in here? Hello, Father. Hi, Dad. Hello, Daddy. How do you do, Clara, Lou, and Em? Hi, honey Hello, dear As I said before, why the kitchen convention? 
you're home a little early, aren't you, dear? Yes, we, uh, we finished a little earlier than usual this afternoon. What's the matter with the kids? They look as though they... Dinner won't be ready for half an hour, Jim. I hope you don't mind. No, I don't mind. I said... So many things came up this afternoon. I've been busy trying to get them straightened out. Margaret. Yes, dear? What happened? (laughs) What do you mean, dear? I'm being steered away from something. What is it? Daddy. I should have known. (laughs) All right, Kathy. Whose window is it this time? Ours, the one in the garage. Well, that's a novelty. I guess it was my fault, too, Dad. I was showing you how to play golf. I won't ever do it again, Daddy. Well, you don't have to look so solemn about it. You certainly didn't do it on purpose. Did you? Oh, oh no, Daddy. There's nothing so terrible about breaking a window. Just an accident, that's all. Jim. Yes, Margaret? Do you feel all right, dear? (laughs) Sure I feel all right. I feel fine. Why? I was just wondering... Father. Betty. <laughs> Please. But Mother, as long as he feels that way. Jim, I told her quite definitely that it was out of the question. What is? Father, I have to have a new dress. It's for the third act of Camille, and I told the dramatic coach I would, and it's only $17, and it's just beautiful for when she dies. Who, the coach? <laughs> Father. Camille. Betty, I told you just a few minutes ago. Just a second, Margaret. If the dress is that important and uh, Betty promised, well, there's no reason why she can't get it. Father! Holy cow. Absolutely. <laughs> only $17? What's that? Wait till I tell Janie Liggett. Jim, are you sure you feel all right? Never felt better in my life. Margaret, do you know what I did this afternoon? No, dear, but if you want to lie down... I beat Jim Hathaway. That's fine, dear, if you want to lie down for a while before dinner. Oh, it's pale green, Father, and it's just like pistachio whipped cream. Fine. Margaret, you don't understand. Jim Hathaway was a three-to-one favorite. He was even money to win the whole tournament. And I beat him. Don't you see what that means? I'm in the semifinals. Daddy! Holy cow, Dad, no kidding. Fifteen years and I finally made it. <laughs> the semifinals. With pale makeup and a soft spotlight. Oh, Father, I'm the happiest girl in the world. Yes, sir, fifteen years. And that isn't the best part. Do you know who I have to play? Ed Davis. And if I can't beat him, I'll hang up my shoes. Why? What? Why will you hang up your shoes? That's uh, just an expression, Kathy. It means I'll give up. Wearing shoes? (laughs) No, Kathy, playing golf. Gosh, Dad, you might even win the cup, mightn't you? I certainly might. (laughs) But you should have seen the putts I dropped today. 18 feet, 20 feet, I was the hottest thing on the golf course. If I can just keep it up for two more rounds... Jim, I don't like to interrupt, but if we're ever going to have dinner... Is it all right if I call Janie, Mother? Yes, dear. Come on, Kathy, let's go out in the backyard. I'll show you and Bud how golf should really be played. Oh, boy. I get shown first. Jim, be sure you don't wander off somewhere. We'll be right here, Margaret. I'll call you when dinner's ready. That'll be fine, honey. Say, Dad, we've been using that old five iron you gave me. Oh, wait a second, Bud. Say, Ed... Jim, I was just coming over to see you. Ed, did you hear what I did to Jim Hathaway? It was murder. I know. They called me for the club. Jim, I've got a terrific favor to ask of you. Okay. What's the matter with you? Oh, I've got a cold. The worst cold I've ever had my whole life. Hello, Mr. Davis. Hello, Kathy. Bud. Hi. Don't get too close to me. I'm a walking gerb. (laughs) Boy, you certainly picked up a pip, Jim. Would it be all right with you if we postponed our match until Sunday? Gosh, I don't know, Ed. That's when the finals are supposed to be played. I know, Jim, but I, I'm pretty sure I could lick this cold by Sunday. Then I could play the semifinals in the morning and the finals in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, you can, can you? What happened to me? Oh, Jim, let's face it. If I can't lick you, I'll hang up my shoes. 
Wait a minute. Oh, I wouldn't ask you, Jim, but this is a big thing in my life. I've been trying to reach the finals for ten years. I've been trying for fifteen. Oh, Jim, let's not be ridiculous. You don't stand a chance if you do it. Oh, I don't, don't I? Oh, why, I could spot you six strokes aside and still beat you, but with this cold... Well, I... maybe I won't win. But at least I don't go around trying to build up an alibi. Meaning what? Meaning I could beat you with or without a cold, and you know it. Jib, we've been friends for a long time. That's got nothing to do with it. Golf is golf. And if you can't play tomorrow, you'll forfeit the match. Oh, that's fine. That's fine after all the things I've done for you. And you're taking the wrong attitude about this whole thing. I want to beat you fair and square. <clears throat> but how can I if you let a little thing like a cold get you down? A little thing? I'm so weak I could hardly see. Sure, because you aren't trying to fight it. Jib, when you get into the house, fix yourself a hot lemonade, take two aspirins, and then concentrate. Jib, say to yourself, I haven't got a cold. Never had a cold. I'm too strong and healthy to get a cold. Believe me, it's all in your mind. <coughs> God bless you. Thanks. Remember that guy, Ku A? Every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better and better. Yeah. Whatever happened to him, anyway? He died. <laughs> but, Ed, it works. I've tried it. You can talk yourself out of practically anything. Yeah, you sure can. Well, if that's the way you want it, Jim. Ed, I'm trying to help you. Okay, I'll be there at the party if they have to carry me on a stretcher. And don't forget the hot lemonade and aspirin. That'll help, too. Thanks, Jim. Every day and every way, you've been a great help. See you tomorrow. Dad, we aren't going to have much time. Oh, sure we are. Where's the ball? We don't have a ball. That's why we had to use rocks. What happened to that practice ball I gave you? You know, the uh, cotton one. It's over near the garage. Well, get it. We can't. It's stuck in back of a big log. That's right, Dad. You can't reach it unless we get the log out of the way. I've never seen a more helpless pair of kids in my life. Is uh, this it? Uh-huh. Over there, in there. But uh, I'll lift the log and you reach in for the ball. Okay, Dad. Are you ready? You bet. One, two, three. Mm. Heavy, isn't it, Daddy? Well, my hands must have slipped. Uh, let's try it again, bud. Ready? Right. One, two, three. Oh! What's oh, matter, Dad? I don't know. Something snapped, and I... Oh. Gosh. I... I can't straighten up. Daddy! Maybe your suspenders got stuck. <laughs> but I... I don't wear suspenders. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Fine son you turned out to be. I'm in mortal agony, and you have to make jokes. I wasn't making any jokes, Dad. Daddy! Oh, my back. What is it, Kathy? I know how you can fix it. You do, huh? Sure. All you have to say is, every day in every way, I'm standing upper and upper and upper. <laughs> Kathy, do you know what'll happen if I take my belt off? Uh-huh, your pants will fall down. country, you've been seeing good news about coffee in your grocery stores. Maxwell House coffee featured at lower prices. And these days, you'll be seeing more of the same good news. Still lower prices on America's favorite brand of coffee. A welcome occasion for everybody. You, your grocer, and Maxwell House, too. Now that wonderful good-to-the-last drop flavor is yours to enjoy at the lowest prices in months. Rich, satisfying flavor you can count on cup after cup day after day. Because with Maxwell House Coffee, we have just one aim, to bring you the most in flavor and real enjoyment every pound you buy, to bring you truly good coffee at the lowest possible price. That's why Maxwell House gives you so much more flavor for your money, your money's worth and more in pleasure and satisfaction. And at today's prices, it's more than ever today's coffee buy. 
Next time you shop, look for that familiar blue Maxwell House tin in your store. Featured these days at the lowest prices in months. Start enjoying coffee that's always good to the last drop. The sands of time run slowly in the white frame house on Maple Street. An hour has passed, but not Jim Anderson's affliction. Surrounded by a solicitous family, Father waits the arrival of Dr. Simmons, and sympathy flows in a steady stream through the Anderson living room, like this. Jim, I've told you repeatedly, you're not a child. You can't do things like that. Like what? All I did was try to lift the... Oh, oh, oh. It hurts, huh, Dad? <laughs> of course not. I just like to groan, that's all. <laughs> Betty, what's the matter with you? Oh, nothing, Father. Then why are you staring at me? Well, it's for Camille, really. I'm doing research. What are you talking about? Oh, the play. I have to die in the third act, and you're making the most wonderful faces. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's just great. I have a broken back, and my daughter uses it for research. You know, this is the most cold-blooded family I've ever known. But, Father... Margaret, call the doctor again. Tell him it's an emergency. I did, Jim, and they said he'd be here as soon as possible. Fine doctor he turned out to be. Anytime you need him, he's out. Operating on people, delivering babies. He's never around when you need him for anything important. Uh, Father, about the dress. Betty, this is hardly the time. But, Mother, I have to go to the rehearsal. Well, go ahead. Nobody's stopping you. I can't go unless you give me the $17. Then stay home. Father! Doesn't it mean anything to you that I'm practically dying? I lie here doubled up like a pretzel? Hey! You know, I didn't have any dinner. <laughs> but how can you think of food at a time like this? Well, I'm a growing boy. <laughs> we'll all have our dinner in just a little while, bud. Here's a hot water bottle, Mommy. I got it as hot as I could. Oh, well, thank you, dear. You're welcome. People go around breaking windows, hitting golf balls in back of logs. Jim, let me put the hot water bottle on your back. I don't want it on my back. It hurts enough the way it is. Gosh, Dad, how are you going to play golf tomorrow? Golf? I'll be lucky if I'm still alive. Oh, no. What is it, Jim? Ed Davis. What am I going to tell him? Well, why don't you just tell him? Margaret, I can't. He'd never believe that I hurt my back. Not after the argument we had. Daddy told him about Mr. Pooey. Who? <laughs> every day and every way. Kathy, go to bed. <laughs> we haven't had my dinner. Then behave yourself and be quiet. Yes, Daddy. Man tries to do the right thing, the honorable thing, and what happens? Nobody believes that he... Uh, Bud. Yes, Dad? Give me a hand. I uh, I want to get up. Okay. Jim, do you think it's wise... I've got to call Ed Davis, Margaret. I, uh, I just thought of something. Well, can't we call him for you? No, I've got to do it myself. Jim, please be careful. I'm being careful. You don't see me leaping into the air, do you? Oh. Grab his other arm, Betty. Father... It's only $17. Uh, when I was a boy, people were considerate. They were thoughtful and kind. Oh, will you, Betty? When people were dying, they at least showed them the proper respect. They didn't follow them down to the grave, hounding them for $17. There you are, Dad. How do you feel? Never mind how I feel. Just uh, help me over to the phone. Father... While you're standing up... Betty. <laughs> yes, Father? Go away. But, Father... I said go away. Bud and I can manage alone. Jumping creepers after I told everybody I was going to get... She wouldn't care if somebody dropped a bomb on my head, just as long as she got that idiotic dress. You want me to dial the Davises for you, Dad? Thank you very much, Bud. You've been a great help. Oh, that's okay, Dad. 
say, Dad, you won't be able to use the car tonight, and I just thought... Well, uh, stop thinking. You had the car last night, and that's enough. Here, let me have it. Holy cow. Hello? Oh, hello, Ed. This is Jim Anderson. Oh, hello, Jim. Say, I owe you an apology. Oh, that's all right, Ed. You know, I've been thinking things over, and, uh... I don't see any reason why we can't postpone our match until Sunday. What for? Well, uh, I want you to be at your best, Ed, and that'll give you a chance to get over your cold. What cold? Jim, I, I don't know how to thank you. I did just what you said, and I feel like a new man. <laughs> you, uh, what? Oh, I've still got a couple of sniffles, but I feel great. You uh, do, huh? You certainly knew what you were talking about. Every day and every way, that's a great system. It is, huh? Yes, sir. You'll have to play some pretty sharp golf to beat me tomorrow. Say, wouldn't you like to go out to the driving range and hit a few? Uh, no thanks, Ed. I, uh, I'll just, uh, take it easy tonight. Okay, pal. See you in the morning. Yes, I'll, uh, <laughs> see, see you in the morning. <laughs> every day and every way, I ought to have my brains examined. What did Mr. Davis say, Dad? He feels fine, bud. Just fine. Uh, let's uh, go back to the couch. Okay. Jim, I don't understand what this is all about. If you can't play golf, why don't you tell him? Margaret, there are certain things that women just don't... Uh, let me down easy, bud. Okay, Dad. Oh! Father. Betty. You and Kathy go into the kitchen and fix your dinner. But, Mother... You've waited long enough. Now go ahead. How about me, Mom? I'm starved. You can wait a little longer, Bud. The doctor may need you. Now, Jim, will you please explain all this foolishness about Ed Davis? There's nothing foolish about it, Margaret. He said he had a cold, and I said he was trying to set up an alibi. Now, if I say I hurt my back... Two grown men acting like a couple of silly schoolboys. What's so silly about schoolboys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Bud. Margaret... Unless I can convince Ed Davis... But you don't have to convince him. Dr. Simmons will certainly tell him. Say, that's right. If the doc tells me I can't play, then uh, I can't play, can I? Well, it's about time. But let the doctor in like a good boy. Then can I have my dinner? We'll see, dear. Holy cow. Doctors, always rushing around, never get any place, make a big production out of everything. If I ran my business the way they do, I'd be looking for a job in a week. Jim, please don't stop. Well, hello, Margaret. What's all the fuss about? Oh, hello, Doctor. It's about time you showed up, you old quack. So I'm finally going to get my hooks into you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Fine doctor. Listen to that bedside manner. He's going to get his hooks into me. <laughs> oh, Doctor, will you need Bud for anything? Oh, I don't think so. All right, Bud, go in and have your dinner, dear. Well, good for me. <laughs> you know, Margaret, I was talking to Mrs. Swain about you the other day. Really? That's right. She was telling me about that hospital service you were trying to organize last year. It's a wonderful idea. Oh, thank you. Doc, if you have any free time next week, Margaret, why don't you drop into my office? I may be able to help you. Oh, that would be wonderful. Doc, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Remember me? I'm the emergency. Well, I know. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing much. Just a broken back, that's all. <laughs> yes, you, you look just like a broken back. <laughs> he says it's quite painful, Doctor. Well, let's take a look at it. Turn around. I can't turn around. Oh, stop acting like a jackass. Turn around. <laughs> Holds himself a doctor. If I didn't like his sister, I wouldn't even let him in the house. Hmm. <laughs> Is that where it hurts? <laughs> you know darn well that's where it hurts. Well, hold still for a second. Uh, well, what are you going to do? Never mind what I'm going to do. Just hold still. Ow! <laughs> okay, now go to bed and put some heat on it. <sighs> 
Was it anything serious, Doctor? No, of course not. You know, Margaret, we've needed a volunteer service at the hospital. <laughs> and if you can just get it started... Hey, Doc, I'm talking to Margaret. Well, I hate to interrupt anything so vital, but uh, what else do I do? I just told you, go to bed and put heat on your back. Is that all? Well, I can send a nurse around to hold your hand, if that's what you want. <laughs> you mean that... It wasn't serious? It was a simple dislocation. And if you'd remember that you were 40 instead of 4, it wouldn't happen. Gosh, I can stand out. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Only 40 years old, and he can stand up. Prescribe some light exercise. Of course, you won't do so well, but uh, why don't you go over to the club in the morning and play a little golf? Oh, no! such welcome news to see lower prices on Maxwell House coffee in the stores. And now that news is even better. These days, grocers everywhere are featuring Maxwell House at lower prices still. Now you folks who always drink Maxwell House can enjoy it at the lowest prices in months. And you folks who haven't been getting that wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor, now's the time to bring home a familiar blue Maxwell House tin. See how much more pleasure you find in a cup of coffee when it holds the world's most famous flavor. Flavor so rich and mellow. Flavor you can count on. Because we'll never compromise on the quality of a single pound. For wonderfully good coffee. For today's coffee buy. Look for Maxwell House. Featured these days at still lower prices. The lowest prices in months. It's always good. To the last drop. <laughs> It's morning now, and in the white frame house on Maple Street, there's a heavy blanket of gloom in the master bedroom. This is one morning when the master feels anything but masterful. Like this, Dr. Simmons probably took his training in a school for feeble-minded veterinarians. Jim, I think you're being very foolish about this whole thing. You can't even put on your sweater alone, and how can you play golf? I don't know, but I'm going to try. Nobody's going to say I gave up without a fight. Jim. It only told me to stay in bed for a few days. Just one day. I could have asked the rules committee for a postponement. That's all I need. I'll be fine tomorrow. Jim Anderson, if you don't call Ed Davis this very instant... Wait a minute. If you'll just explain Margaret, to him... Margaret, listen. What? Oh, honey. Have you ever heard anything more beautiful in all your life? Jim, what is it? It's raining. <laughs> Did you know, now there's an instant coffee with roaster fresh, pure coffee flavor. It's Instant Maxwell House, the instant coffee with a famous flavor, the happiest combination in coffee. Wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor, combined with the convenience of drift of coffee made instantly in the cup. Unlike most instant coffees, it's all rich, pure coffee. Nothing added. Tomorrow, try the instant coffee with a famous flavor, Instant Maxwell House, instantly good to the last drop.
Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget, membership cards for the Robert Young Good Drivers Club are waiting for you at your local NBC station. Get a man-to-man or dad-to-daughter pledge and sign up today. Be a good driver. Get your membership card in the Robert Young Good Drivers Club today. Now, until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for the Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these things. Stay tuned for Mad for Music. This is CBS correspondent Mike Anderson on the scene where just about an hour ago a spacecraft landed no more than about 30 feet from where I'm standing. We're moving very slowly, very cautiously, trying to get up close, see if we can get our microphones in and listen to what appears to be a dialogue between General Anthony Myers and the grotesque creature that stepped out of the spacecraft. So you have come to Earth in peace. This is good. Have you come to learn about the people of Earth, our culture, our languages, our science and medicine? We have come to listen to... Boxcar 711, old-time radio call. Oh, well, <laughs> there you have it. No need for alarm. Just goes to show you the extremes that some people will go to just to listen to Boxcar 711, old-time radio pod. And it really doesn't matter whether you're from some other planet or just some poor earthbound schluck. Just type in your browser, boxcar711.lipsyn, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons. Brought to you by America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop. It was Oscar Wilde who said, Children begin by loving their parents. As they grow older, they judge them. Sometimes they forgive them. There, in a very small nutshell, is the very foundation of what has become probably the least important of all American celebrations, Father's Day. Now, you may think that Father's Day is merely a time for the presentation of neckties that Father won't wear, socks that Father can't use, or books that Father hasn't time to read. But in Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, the Andersons have an entirely different conception of the day, like this. Jumping creepers, why does it have to be on Sunday? Betty, I think that's a very selfish attitude. After all your father has done for you. But I'm going to buy him a necktie. Why can't we just polish the car or something? I don't mind spending Father's Day with Daddy. You keep out of it. Betty? Well, she doesn't have anything else to do anyway. I do, too. I can do lots of things. Mother, I have a date with Dick Andrews, and I'll have to break it. Why can't we just polish the car or something? (laughs) I can go over to Patty's and play, or I can look at Jimmy Woody's television. Kathy, we're going to devote the entire day to your father. I know, but Betty said I didn't have any place else to go, and I do. Because I can go over to Patty's and play, or I can... Mother, everybody else buys their father a necktie or socks. Why do we have to be different? Because your father is one of the sweetest men in the entire world. And I certainly think for sure. But why do I have to break a date just for that? No matter what we buy for your father, we'll have to buy with his money. I'll pay for it out of my allowance. Which you get from your father. Mother, you just don't understand. Why can't we just polish the car or something? 
bad. The car is less than a week old, and your father has already polished it four times. Well, this time we can do it. Janie Liggett's buying her father a necktie, and she doesn't have to break her date for Sunday. Betty, we'll not discuss it any further. Call Dick and tell him you're sorry. Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Kathy? Why can't we clean up the garage or something? (laughs) (laughs) Betty, go in and call Dick. Oh, poo. Just because it's Father's Day, I have to ruin my whole life. Cleaning the garage would be a good Father's Day present. Bud. Yes, Mom? You can forget about your silly butterflies for one Sunday. But I promised Joe Phillips... I thought you'd broken your date with Joe. I did, but if we clean the garage the first thing in the morning... We're going to spend the day with your father. We're going to wait on him hand and foot, cater to his every wish. Sunday's going to be his day, and that's final. So let's not talk about it anymore. Now you can't even talk. For that, Bud Anderson, you dry the dishes. But I didn't say anything, Mom. All I said was, you can't even talk. It was the way you said it. But, Mom, I didn't mean anything. All I said... Daddy's coming. All right, suppose we explain the whole thing to your father. I'll dry the dishes. And remember, not a word about Sunday. We want it to be a surprise, don't we? Yeah, some surprise. Bud. Oh, sure, Mom, we sure do. Chicken. Mother, if Dick Andrews never calls me again, it'll be your fault. He borrowed a car for Sunday and everything. Well, let's not worry about it, Betty. You'll get another girl. Mother, how can you say that? How can she say what? Daddy! Hi, Dad. Well, how's the world's finest family tonight? Hi, Father. Hi. Hello, honey. Hi, dear. What's the matter with Camille? Oh, nothing much, really. You're a little late, aren't you, dear? What's in the package, Daddy? Ice cream. Put it in the icebox like a good girl. Oh, oh boy! Want me to put your hat away, Dad? Uh, thank you very much. It'll be a pleasure. What's the matter with him? <laughs> oh, we had a slight misunderstanding. Nothing serious. Were you held up at the office? No, I stopped off at Haney's Garage on my way home. Oh? There's a very annoying rattle in the rear bumper. I'm not even sure we ought to keep that car. Jumping catfish. I beg your pardon? That old wreck of ours made so much noise you couldn't hear yourself think. But if this one makes one little squeak... Betty, as long as we had to buy a new car, we might as well have him put it in good shape. Why don't you set the table like a good girl, Betty? How else can you set the table? (laughs) (laughs) And you help her, Kathy. Yes, Mommy. You know, Margaret, speaking of Sunday... You said anything about Sunday. Didn't I? No. Oh. Well, I met Hector Smith downtown today. How is he? He's fine. You know, he has a client over in Plainfield... I haven't seen Elizabeth in ages. I'll have to call her after dinner. Yes. Heck has a client over in Plainfield... Maybe I'd better wait until tomorrow. But there's such a lot to talk about. Margaret, will you please let me tell you about Hector... Why, of course, dear. Go right ahead. All right. Try to tell a woman anything. It's just like... Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Plain field, dear. Oh. Well... You see, I was listening. <laughs> yes. Even if you weren't. Margaret. <laughs> Hector was coming back from Plainfield the other day, and he decided to take a shortcut. Well, you know how Hector is. He got lost. Oh, well, that's too bad. Is he all right now? Nothing happened to him. He just got lost. <laughs> Found himself on an old dirt road way back in the hills. My. Margaret, you don't have to keep making those little noises. I know you're listening. Go ahead, dear. Well, he found a lake. Just a little bit of a thing. He says it's the greatest spot for fish he's ever seen in his life. They were actually leaping out of the water. Bass, lake trout, Everything. And every one of them dying to get on a hook. Margaret, doesn't that mean anything to you? Oh, yes, dear. I'm quite excited. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to run up there Sunday morning and see what we can do. Sunday morning? Jim, you can't. Why not? It's only about 20 miles. Heck's going to pick me up at 5, and all I'll need is a few sandwiches. Jim Anderson, I've never seen it to fail. Every time we try to surprise you with anything, you have to make other arrangements. 
My birthday's in February. Sunday is Father's Day. Oh, that thing. Betty and Bud broke their dates just so they could spend the day with you. They didn't have to do that. But they did. We had the nicest day arranged for you. We were all going out for dinner. They were going to a picture show, one I know you'd want to see. Honey, doesn't it make any difference that I'd rather go fishing? I don't care about Father's Day. Well, we do. We want to show you how much we love you. And we want you to have a good time. I know what you mean, Angel, but if I'd rather go fishing... Jim, you're being very selfish about this whole thing. (laughs) Because I want to go fishing. What's selfish about going fishing? When a whole family decides to give up its pleasure for an entire Sunday, the very least you can do... Is give up mine. Is that what you mean? No, I have another idea. How would it be if we went with you? Margaret, you wouldn't like it up there, believe me. It's not the place for women and children. It's a wild little lake in the middle of nothing. Daddy, it's Mrs. Well, come on in, Heck. We're in the kitchen. If Elizabeth and Billy wanted to go, I'll bet Hector would take them. I bet he wouldn't. Nobody would. When you go fishing, you fish. No place for a family. Am I busting in on anything? No, of course not, Hector. Come in. Hiya, Margaret. Gosh, I haven't seen you in a dog's age. Heck, will you explain to Margaret that families don't go on fishing trips? Why don't they? (laughs) What? There, you see? Uh, Heck, come on outside. I want to show you the new car. You showed it to me this afternoon. Well, I want to show it to you again. What for? Come on, Hank. Oh, you want to... I'll see you later, Margaret. Don't you dare let him change your mind, Hector. I'll be right out here if you want me, honey. All right, dear. What the heck's the matter with you, Heck? Nothing. Why? You know what happens if you take a bunch of women and kids on a fishing trip. You catch nothing. Yeah, I know, but look, Jim... Any self-respecting fish wouldn't come within ten miles of us. Especially if you got a peek at Kathy. Jim, I'm not arguing with you. You're absolutely right, but... Then why did you make a crack like that in front of Margaret? Well, to tell you the truth, Jim, if I can't take Elizabeth and Billy, I can't go. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. They had something all arranged for Sunday. It's Father's Day. Billy broke a date. They're doing it all for me. Oh, I don't know. Heck... Is that lake as good as you said it was? Oh, it's terrific, Jim. I've never seen fish like that. I'm telling you, in five minutes, I saw 20 of them jump out of the water. Gee, I hate to give it up. Oh, let's go. With Elizabeth and Billy and Margaret and... Jim, it won't make any difference. These fish are so big, nothing will scare them. (laughs) Not even Kathy? Not even Kathy. Well... Okay, we'll try it. We uh, better take both cars, huh? We'll have to. Leave around five? Okay. Yeah, well, I gotta go home now. Tell Margaret I said goodbye, will you? You bet. Oh, heck. Yeah? Happy Father's Day. Yeah. I suppose it's not the first time a man and his family didn't quite see eye to eye on the best way to spend a happy Father's Day. Here's a point, however, everybody agrees on. When it comes to a cup of coffee, you and I and the family next door all look for one thing, flavor. We want the most in flavor for every penny we spend. An extra flavor is just what you do get in our Maxwell House coffee. That wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor no other coffee has to offer. No coffee but Maxwell House. And there's a good reason why. It's our recipe. The only recipe on this green earth for that good-to-the-last-drop flavor. It calls for certain fine varieties of coffee to be blended together just so. It's the one way, the one recipe for that famous Maxwell House flavor. That wonderfully good flavor that's made our coffee America's favorite brand. That's why you find so much more enjoyment when your cup is filled with Maxwell House coffee. So next time you bring home a pound of coffee, make it that familiar blue tin of our Maxwell House. For more flavor, for your money's worth and more, 
Start enjoying coffee that's always good to the last drop. The sun comes up like a stab of light. Rose fingers reach into the night. The darkness fades, the night is gone. And day comes fast with a rising dawn. A woodcock calls, a soft wind sighs. And from its nest a starling flies. This is the dawn, the break of day, the time when... Young man, will you please shut up? (laughs) Well, pardon me. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Getting up in the middle of the night to chase after a bunch of stupid fish. But Elizabeth... We had a nice day planned for you. One we'd all have enjoyed. But no, you have to drag us up here so we can freeze to death. Are you cold, Elizabeth? Of course not. My teeth always chatter like this. (laughs) Billy, get the blanket out of the car for your mother. Hmm? I said, get the blanket out of the car. Uh, no, thanks. I'm quite comfortable. <laughs> Billy! Leave the boy alone, Hector. The poor child. If he had a father with the slightest bit of consideration... Elizabeth, I didn't say you had to come along. This was your idea. Naturally. You haven't had an idea since the day I met you. <laughs> now, look, Elizabeth. And I think of the men I could have married and didn't. Lucky dog. Hector! I'm sorry, Elizabeth. I, I was thinking of, of... I think the Andersons are coming. Well, it's about time. You'd think they'd have hurried a little. Well, the road's kind of rough, Elizabeth, and Jim has a new car. Oh, Hector, stop making excuses for them. They're just like everyone else we know. Don't consider a soul but themselves. Especially that Margaret. Thinks her children are the most wonderful things that ever lived. And if you ask me, Margaret, darling. Elizabeth, we're awfully sorry. Hi, Egg. We thought you were lost. I'm awfully sorry we're so late, Elizabeth. Oh, Angel, we hadn't even noticed it. (laughs) We had to stop on account of Kathy. Her hat flew out of the car, and we had an awful time finding it. Hi, Billy. Billy, wake up, dear. Betty is here. She is? Oh, hi, Betty. Hi. Hey, this is quite a spot, Heck. Yes, sir. It's all right. Jim, I saw a bass, so help me, it was that long. You're kidding. Oh, I'm not, Jim. Well, maybe that long. Hey, there, there, there. Did you see that one, Jim? Hmm? What did I tell you, huh? Where? Right, right there near the dock. I don't see anything. Jim, you weren't looking in the right place. Well, what's the difference? The place I want to see him is on the end of my line. Got all your stuff, Heck? You ain't just a whooping. The greatest assortment of fish persuaders in the world. And it's all on the dock waiting for Papa. Hector, where are you going? Fishing? Why? You'll do no such thing. (laughs) There's a little thing like breakfast that comes first. Breakfast? Oh, honey, we haven't any time for breakfast, Elizabeth. It's practically 6.30. Jim, Elizabeth's right. My lands have got all that food to take out of the car. I'll get it, Elizabeth. I'll get it myself. You just build a fire. Honey, if we build you a nice big fire, then is it all right if we go fishing? After you've had your breakfast. Wait a minute. How about the kids? Why can't they build a fire? And where'd they go, anyway? Kathy? You want me, Daddy? Where's Bud? What? Jim, do you have to shout so loud? How else can I shout? (laughs) Kathy, what's he doing under a bush? He's sleeping. Well, wake him up. Why? Because it's time for breakfast. Breakfast? You want me for breakfast, Dad? I'll take that again. (laughs) Hey, what happened to Billy? Betty? Yes, Father? Where's Billy? You want me, Miss Anderson? What are you doing over there? Just watching the lake. Well, let Betty watch it for a while. Alone? There's nothing to worry about. Nobody ever steals a lake until after breakfast. Hiya, Dad. What's cooking? Nothing yet. Get some wood. You said it was time for breakfast. Bud, we've got to build a fire. Get some wood. Where? 
You know, heck, at this point, our ancestors are probably spinning in their graves. <laughs> Where? Well, guys, what do I know about getting wood? Jim, you're only confusing the boy. Bud, you see that tree? You see all those trees? That's wood. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? Bite him down? <laughs> oh, holy cow, Mom. Bud, go into the woods, pick up dead branches, twigs, anything that'll burn, and bring them back here. There's nothing complicated about that, is there? I guess not. And stop scratching. But I itch. <laughs> I said stop scratching and get going. I told them we ought to polish the car. Now I gotta make like a beaver. <laughs> you want me to go someplace, Mr. Anderson? Well. <laughs> Leads with his chin every time, doesn't he? <laughs> Billy, we have a slight problem. Huh? We are faced with the task of providing heat without fuel. Well, you don't say. You know, we had the same thing once in a physics exam, and it's a cinch. Friction. That's how you do it. Now, you take two bodies... Billy, shut up and get some wood. <laughs> huh? I said get some wood. Oh, Okay. But I thought Mr. Anderson said... Wood! Hector, stop raising your voice. Wood. All right, nobody has to get excited about it. I'll get all the wood you want. Jim. Margaret, as soon as the boys get back with the wood... Are those your things Kathy's playing with? Where? On the edge of the dock. Holy smoke, my tackle! Of all the rattled brains... Jim, don't frighten her. Kathy! <laughs> Father! Kathy, grab the dog. We'll be right there. Take it easy, Kathy. What's going on? Hector, do something. We're coming, Kathy. We'll have you up in two seconds. Daddy! Daddy! Okay, Daddy. Kathy. Kathy, give me your hand. Come on, now. Hold your hand on. That's, that's a good girl. You got her, Jim? Hey, my girl. Hey. Now, now, we're all right. Oh, Kathy! Daddy! I fell in! <laughs> I know, honey, but you're all right now. You're all right. Hector, get the blanket out of the car. The poor child's bringing wet. I'll get him, Mrs. Smith. Oh, go ahead, bud. Hurry. Okay. Is she okay, Mother? Yes, dear. She's fine. Daddy scared me. That's why I fell in. <laughs> Jim. Jim, look at my stuff. It's gone. Jumping, she hustled. I was trying to catch a fish and you scared me. <laughs> it's all right, baby. Margaret, take that child up to the car immediately. She's got to get out of those wet clothes. Thank you, Elizabeth. I, I can't even think straight. Of course, her father is much more concerned about that smelly old fishing tackle. <laughs> Men. I don't know why they ever invented them anyway. <laughs> Gosh, I'm awfully sorry, Heck. Hmm. My whole kit down at the bottom of the lake. Look at it. You mean you can see it? Where? Ah, down there. Must be 30 feet. Hey, where are you going? I've got an idea, Heck. Don't go away. Father's Day. Isn't bad enough having children? You have to have Father's Day. <laughs> can you still see it, Heck? Yeah. Practically smiling at me. Well, don't worry about it. We'll get it out all right. What are you going to do? What would you say was the right bait for your fishing tackle? For my... Oh, you mean... First, we'll fish for tackle, then we'll fish for fish. Yeah, that's a good idea. You think you can do it? Of course we can. Let's see now. That's about the biggest hook I have. You got any sinkers? Of course I have sinkers. Stop worrying, Heck. I'll get down there all right. Is that the heaviest line you got? Well, I didn't expect to catch any whales today. I know, Jim, but that stuff weighs a ton. Heck, I give you my personal guarantee. If I hook it, I'll land it. 
Now, let me have a little room, will you? Uh, uh, I'll for a little drift into the shore, Jim. I'll put it right on the button. Okay, low bridge. Nice casting, huh? What'd you have to put away out there for? So I can drag it across. Now, leave me alone, Heck. I know what I'm doing. Well, good morning, man. Have any luck? Sure, all bad. Can you see it, Heck? I think you're too far to the left. Maybe I can pull it over. Doing a little uh, bottom fishing, huh? Look, fella, we're busy right now. We got troubles. Come back some other time, huh? Okay. Uh, just a minute. Come on, Jim. We haven't got all day. Take it easy, Heck. He might be a game warden or something. Uh, you wouldn't happen to be a game warden or anything, would you? Me? Oh, no. I'm not a game warden. Because if you are, we've got our licenses and permits and things like that. <laughs> we don't worry about those things up here. Oh. <laughs> this uh, wouldn't be a private lake, would it? Oh, no, no, no. Not a private lake at all. Ah. You know, for a minute you had me worried. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. This is a government fish hatchery. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor father, if it isn't one thing, it's another. That long trip all for nothing. Just goes to show it always pays to look before you leap. On that score, when it comes to buying a pound of coffee, it always pays to look for flavor. Yes, you want to be sure you get the most in flavor for every penny you spend. And that's just what you do get in every pound of our Maxwell House coffee. An extra measure of flavor. That wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor no coffee but Maxwell House gives you. We're proud as can be of that famous flavor. It's the big reason why more people buy and enjoy our Maxwell House than any other brand. And today, as always, you can count on it every cup you pour. Because we'll never compromise on the quality of one single pound. That's why now more than ever, your coffee buy is Maxwell House. Every pound, every cup, you can be sure it's always good to the last drop. Once again, it's breakfast time in the white frame house on Maple Street. But it's a lonely sort of breakfast with none of the children at the table. Just Margaret and Jim, two lonely parents, discussing the disastrous effects of Father's Day, like this. There's no sense being upset about it, Jim. Dr. Simmons said it was nothing serious. I know, but you'd certainly think Betty'd have enough sense to recognize goldenrod after all these years. She didn't see it, Jim, and she still says it wasn't goldenrod. Well, it was something. She's puffed up like a frog. Well, Bud's the one I'm worried about. He says it itches terribly. There's a giant brain for you. <laughs> Goes to sleep in a patch of poison ivy. <laughs> Wallows in the stuff. How's Kathy? Oh, she'll be all right in a few days. It's just a little cold. <laughs> Jim, I don't understand. How can you laugh at a time like this? <laughs> I don't know, Margaret. The whole thing is hysterical. It was quite a fishing trip. Wasn't it? Hay fever, poison ivy, a cold. <laughs> this family caught everything except fish. <laughs> the instant coffee with a famous flavor. That's instant Maxwell House, the happiest combination in coffee. Wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor combined with the convenience and thrift of coffee made instantly in the cup. So easy, no pot, no grounds. So thrifty, saves you real money compared to ordinary coffee. So truly good, pure roaster-fresh flavor. Try Instant Maxwell House, the instant coffee with a famous flavor. Instantly good to the last drop. <laughs> Bob, I have a duty to perform right now, which gives me a great deal of pleasure. We were all quite thrilled when the National Father's Day Committee named you Screen Father of the Year. 
Well, this is the committee's medal, and they've asked me to present it to you with their blessings and warmest wishes. Thank you very much, Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, naturally, I'm very proud of this honor, but not for myself alone. As the father of four girls, I've spent a lot of time and gnawed a lot of nails in the waiting rooms of various hospitals in Southern California. Now, to prospective fathers who are wearing themselves to a frazzle, pacing endlessly up and down in hospital corridors all over the country, I have a most reassuring message. Fellas, you see, they do give medals to fathers. Thanks again, Bill, and good night. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Stay tuned for Screen Guild Theater, next on NBC. This is Bob Camerdahl thanking everyone for tuning in to WPNM, where the oldies are still young. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow at 12 noon for more old-time radio. This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com.